from the Bonk Buddies official. The Bonking Buddies is what he called us. Bonking Buddies. I thought it was funny that he did call us that because you know for a fact he knows exactly who all of us are and exactly what. But that was his way of like. I I think the only person that he knows on this podcast is me. Wow. Well, he probably knows me. We're so grateful to be in your presence. Dude, you know who we haven't had on the podcast in a long time? Yeah. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Where's that guy I been? Uh, I don't know. He's just got such a busy life, constantly checking Instagram and occasionally <laughs> riding his bike, you know? <laughs> he, I think he's back in, in the States again this week or something. Isn't the Maryland Cycling yeah, he's Classic doing the this Maryland, weekend? Yeah, the Maryland Cycling Classic. Did he win that last year? No, dude. That race was super stacked last year. Okay. I don't really know why. <laughs> that race was like there was a lot of hitters at that race, and for a race in Maryland, I don't, I, I don't really understand why. Okay. Um, but I remember he yeah. was like he was hyping it up. I mean, I guess because it's like his hometown race. Yeah. Let's see, yeah, Maryland. I mean, he doesn't have to travel very far at all to have like a world class field, which is cool. Yeah. Except this this year, he had to travel all the way from Girona. <laughs> yeah. Or where was his, he was, cause he was doing a stage race somewhere last week. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man, if he, if he would come on the podcast, maybe <laughs> we could hear about it, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks like the race is on September 4th. So what day is that? Or no, September 3rd. So Monday. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. We got to get that guy on. Yeah. Did you, um, did you follow, I will, we'll wait for Dizzle to come on to talk about BWR, but did you follow Gravel Worlds at all? Yeah, I did a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I caught up what I could on their Instagram stories or whatever. Uh, the coverage wasn't super great, but it, it looks like Chase and Chase Work and John Borselman just went off the front pretty early. Yeah, like that's, I, kind, I think of Ch- <laughs> that's kind of Chase's move, especially yeah. there. I think I think there was one year where Chase was off the front at Gravel Worlds for like almost the entire race, but got caught at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. He did you see his bike setup? I did, yeah. He had a what is that wheel called? Like the head one eighty or something. Yeah, it's so that wheel is getting around. It's like a loophole for triathletes, I believe. I think that there's some. I I could be butchering this, but I'm for those who don't know what we're talking about. This this wheel is so deep that it basically looks like a rear disc wheel, um, like like you would see on a time trial bike, except that the last probably 10 inches or 15 inches of the wheel before it hits the hub is spokes. And you're like, why wouldn't you just put on a full disc wheel? I don't understand. I think it's getting around a rule that uh, triathlon has about you can't run a a full disc wheel. So then Head was like, well, we'll just make the most ridiculously deep wheel that we possibly can without it being a, a full disc. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a Kona specific rule at Ironman yeah. World Championships. You can't run a disc there. Yeah, but yeah, the wheel looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, so it looked like he was running a fairly narrow rear tire. I don't know. It, it would actually be cool to have him on to for him to talk about it. But the the thing about running super deep wheels for gravel racing is that uh, a lot of it, it it depends on how wide the rim is and it depends on how wide the tire is but there's a certain point where if the tire gets 
too much wider than the rim, then the rim is really not contributing that much to the aerodynamics at all. In fact, like to the point where we're talking about, you know, a 47 or something, an arrow, mm-hmm. especially if we're talking about a narrower arrow rim, which I'm sure that that triathlon specific rim isn't super wide. Uh, it's probably, you know, it probably wouldn't be helping that much with aerodynamics at all. But, you know, if he had if he had a 38 mil tire on the back and that rim is I don't know how I have no idea how wide that rim is, but it could have been helping a little bit. I, I want to say that he he mentioned on there. I was trying to look it up. Uh he mentioned that he he somehow like I don't get how the rim works because I I would have assumed that the rim was like built into the spokes kind of thing, but I, I thought mm-hmm. that he mentioned that he had a gravel rim on there somehow. Oh really? I can't find. Oh, it's because I'm on the Bonk Bros page. We're not friends with Chase. <laughs> Chase the biker. There he is. Yeah. If, if you guys are listening and you don't know what we're talking about, look up Chase the Biker and his his bike. He's got a picture of his bike on there. Yeah, it says Jet eight Jet one eighty wheel laced onto an Emporia rim. So I don't know how you do that with this wheel. I, it, this wheel doesn't make sense to me, but it, it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, that whole bike looks like what somebody would imagine a gravel time trial bike would look like, right? Because he's got arrow yeah. bars on it and he's got the rear disc wheel. It's like if gravel time trialing was a thing, that's what you would imagine the bike would look like. Yeah. Uh, so he and Borstelman went off the front and they just like rode together. I want to say for like the last hundred miles or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, that's crazy. It looked like the conditions weren't great either. Like I saw some pictures of yeah, people... They- picking mud out of their bike like it was unbound again yeah yeah i know a few people because it's it's the race is only like three hours from here so i know a few people that went down there and it rained like three or three or four inches the night before or something like that and then uh the course was just like super mucky and the weird Mm -hmm. thing with this race is they started before sunrise so the first like 30 or 40 minutes are literally in the dark so if it rained at night yeah, what? and the sun hasn't even come out yet, like it's still going to be super sloppy and you're riding in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And why are they starting in the dark? Do you the gravel way, dude. You got to start it, yeah. before the sun comes up so you can get out there. Yeah. So I also saw, so Lauren Stevens won the women's race and shout out to Lauren. Uh, a slick move that she did is it looks like she put her hydration pack under her skin suit. Did you see this? Yeah, I was wondering. I didn't know if maybe it was cooler in the morning, so she started with like a jacket on and then stuffed her jacket under her jersey. But I, that makes yeah, more sense it that it was her hydration yeah, pack. It, I think it's a hydration pack. The only okay. so the only issue with doing that right is that you it's really hard to fill that hydration pack back up. Like that hydration pack once it's empty is just kind of sitting there on your back, and it's a very long. Why would I mean, you need to a, fill it back up? Because it's a freaking long race, dude. You're going to be out there for like eight hours. <laughs> you might be, but she wasn't. <laughs> dude. Uh, like, Tiffany Cromwell did that at SBT, though, as well. Okay. Yeah. Dude, it's funny. So it was- I, I just pulled up her Instagram, and I was looking at it, and her, her last po- post says, pro tip, it says, don't get a Manny before Gravel Worlds. And I read it as money, like Caroline money. And I was like, I, was like, I, don't, I don't get it. But now I get it. Yeah, dude, it looks like a mannequin. Is that what she's talking about? Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. It's I was trying to see if I could get that's a picture. That's not a tip of... for us. <laughs> hey, man, you can get your nails done too. Yeah, dude, maybe it'd be better. Then, then you wouldn't get as much much mud clinging to your nails. Yeah, dude. Maybe it's more arrow. Get mm-hmm. that nice arrow sheen. Arrow. 
Gravel Worlds must be a race where they like don't have any restrictions on equipment either. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it's, you can run whatever, which is cool. That's the real spirit of gravel, in my opinion. As soon as you start putting restrictions on equipment, you're you're you've already veered off the the path of the spirit of gravel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't hmm. seen anyone else doing that. I think you talked about that in your YouTube video, didn't you? About the aero or the the hydration pack under the jersey. I don't know if I have a YouTube video about it. I mean, theoretically, it would be more aero because a hydration pack has a lot of you know, it, it's not perfectly smooth and obviously if you put a jersey over it it becomes smooth um so a hydration pack was more arrow on my body probably because the hydration pack is like taking up the space behind my head uh where air is coming off but if it was smooth behind that it would theoretically be even more arrow and it'd be a pretty big advantage mm. yeah it makes sense yeah um dude speaking of uh speaking of racing in poor lighting conditions did you guys see the opening team time trial of the vuelta Jeez, <laughs> dude that was uh that was wild just like i don't know why i was listening to the lantern rouge and they were talking about how like they started super late in the day which barcelona is a huge city right but they mm-hmm. knew like you know what time the sun is gonna set yeah and i think like quick step went off like after basically like after the time or right at the time that sun was setting and also there were like huge dark clouds that came in as well. So it was basically a TTT in the dark in yeah. standing water, which sounds like a great time. <laughs> yeah, so did they so... start it later because of, because of the rain? No, they started it later because it's, I mean, like it's a like giant city TV. and like, yeah, prime TV time. You got to like close down the streets of Barcelona because it was in the, in the city center. So it was just, yeah. Just like prime time so, for TV and everything. But here, here's what really screwed everything up is that it's already bad enough that they're having them race in the dark. But not every team got the same lighting. Like, because the sun is obviously setting while they're racing, the teams that went first got basically full daylight. And then the teams that went last got full night mode. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's, you know which could potentially slow you down a lot because they're racing through city corners in the rain where it's, you know, theoretically seeing where you're going is like a huge uh, advantage. An advantage. Yeah. Slightly. Did you guys see the, uh, the aftermath of yesterday's stage? Yeah, I saw that too. Remco crashed into a reporter or something or a swan. Uh, yeah, swan The barriers, they like, it's like the top of a climb. They didn't have a ton of runoff at like the top of this mountain. Uh, and then like all the soigneurs and like some reporters or people affiliated with the race were basically like standing in the way. So the riders could not see that there were one, there were barriers there and two that like you had to turn right uh, on like yeah. a almost 180 degree turn. So the so, big, the sick. big argument on the internet right now, and this, I, this happens every time there's a crash, right? Uh, the big argument on the internet now is like, whose fault is it? Is it Remco's fault? Is it this person's fault? Is it the race organizer's fault? I mean, I think like the race or I think like the race organizers, uh, I don't know. I mean, if, I think like if you look at the finish or watch like any of the kind of breakdown, they talk about how it started to go downhill a little mm-hmm. bit after the the finish line so you know guy's got his hands up he's celebrating 
which even on a flat stage, I never know how they miss like the camera people that are stacked up like 20 yards after the line. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just like, they didn't have enough runway for, you know, cause you have to have, I think so much straight room to the finish line, like leading into it straight for the last hundred meters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think it was just, they let people kind of stand where it was impossible to see like mm-hmm. that there was fencing behind there. And of course you have that, like where Remco's coming in hot cause he just started touching his brakes and then just like runs into a Bors one year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would, uh, I, I hope he doesn't have a concussion or something. It, his head was like, looked like a crime scene. <laughs> it was just his glasses and pair of Oakley's on order. Yeah. But yeah. So All he's, good. he's fine. He doesn't, he doesn't have a concussion or something. I don't think so. I'll, uh, I'll do some sleuthing here, some internet sleuthing and see if there's any reports. Were there any other races that happened this weekend besides Gravel Worlds and the Vuelta? I don't I think feel so. like you're right. Yeah, I think no, there was think some there was racing happening. Some race in Utah, but I honestly can't remember. Tour of Utah? <laughs> I thought that was uh I thought they got rid of Tour of Utah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Hmm. What race was in Utah? Uh, whatever yeah. race it was, it's like you know We're talking about Gravel oh, Worlds. Cross that was is coming. In... Your oh, cross yeah, is coming. I, I did they had they started their Tuesday night cross series out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Dizzle, you're Dizzle, muted. we can't hear you. I was saying, I, yeah, I, I went all the way out there for the Tuesday night cross practice. Oh, you did? Nice. Did you win? Yeah. I thought I, I, thought I yeah. saw something about no. that. Yeah. No. You didn't even win? No. What happened? Jeez. Unfortunately. What? <laughs> Dude, you're trying to tee you up, man. Yeah, BWR Utah was this weekend. Oh, that's what happened. It. Okay. What yeah. happened at your Grand Fondo that you went to go yeah. to? I think that's the. Oh no, I was gonna say I think that's the first time I've been on the gravel on a podium of a gravel race. But what are you talking angle? about, dude? Your infamous mid south. I got third at the mid south. <laughs> I forgot my first gravel how race could, ever, dude. How did I you was forget on the, the infamous mid south, man? <laughs> well, it's the first time I've been on a podium for a gravel race in a long time. Yeah. Granted, the field was uh, slim. How, Man, I, was, dude, I, was, how, I was kind of surprised because BWR Utah, it's like usually Pete Stetna goes out for that. And, uh, yeah. You know, Griffin, That's why I was saying last week, like, it's weird that there's no registration. Like, because yeah. it's, it's a total, like, question mark as to who's showing up, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I, I mean, I, Keegan, I, I, if Keegan would have been on the start line, I was like half expecting it. You know what I mean? It could have easily been there. It's in, it's in his home state. Yeah. That's what I mean. He had more important things to do. I mean, I was hoping he wasn't, I was hoping that like most other people, he was taking a break after the the lead boat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Cody, Cody cup did both of those races, didn't he? And, and Dylan Johnston did not, no, not Dylan Johnston, Brendan Johnston. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan Johnston did both of those races. So there were some people who were just, you know, put the grind, kept grinding it out for the Yeah, but Keegan doesn't need to do BWR Utah. Yeah, and to be honest, I I was surprised at how small the payout was. Like, I was on the podium and I didn't even get payout. Um, Really? I think it was, I think it was only, it was literally only, it was $750,500,250 was the payout. Huh. I feel like that's the smallest payout I've ever heard of for a BWR race. And of course it's the one that I go to 
Maybe and that's why think, no one showed I think up. That's, I think that's what it was at BWR North Carolina. Yeah, that's such a bummer. Like, Cody Cup got third, and he literally got his registration fee back. It was $240 <laughs> to do the race. Like, uh-huh. so Dude. to me, that's just, I don't know. Like, they've, we've talked about this before. I think, we, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast, but how, Tyler, you've talked about it, I think, about how, like, in Europe, it's like, why are, why are the pro, why are the pros, paying registration fees like yeah. at the end of the day it kind of doesn't make sense like well it's it so does, nice it, if i if i had some kind of sticker on my license or whatever something that said <laughs> I, look at this gold star i shouldn't have to pay for registration fees because i'm Dude, why, don't, why don't you just put a sticker on your license i know just I try know. it out I, next time i don't know I'll like say, look you should just carry a picture of you on the podium at mid-south from 2018 <laughs> yeah. and be like look do you know who i am <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Reese said that he will email people from his Flow Formulas email and say, "Hey, look, I'm the founder of Flow." And I'm like, "Wait a second, I'm the co-founder of a company. I could do the exact same thing. Just email somebody and say, "Hey, look, I'm the co-founder of a coaching company. Can I have just, free registration?" Just send it from Dylan's email, and they'll definitely let you. Drew, like, <laughs> Drew, the Michael Marks who puts on uh, BWR, he's pretty good about hooking. He's the, a, yeah, I know. I didn't know that. Up with registration. Yeah, I think he is. And I didn't know. So if I knew who, okay, this is how it is. I didn't think he knew who I was. So like me emailing mm-hmm. him wouldn't mean anything. But in the middle of the race, he, he's like in the, in the lead car. And I had just gotten like, I was dangling off of the lead group and he comes up and he's like, dude, you're crushing it. They're right up the road. He's like, do you need anything? He's like, oh, you're, you're Andrew Dillman. Right. And I'm like, how do you know who I am? Like, I've only ever done two of your races, like, and I've never done good in any of them. Let's like, listen to the Bong Pros, dude. Um, so I was, I was like, and he was super, like, he seems like a, the the interaction we had of of me riding and him in the car in the middle of the race. From that one interaction, I was impressed with how nice he was. He Is gave that me a how water you made bottle it back to the group because you were just hanging on to the window having a conversation, and <laughs> I never made it on back. To the group. <laughs> I should have. Yeah, should have like what'd you say and just like hang on to the mirror and be like, I'm right. sorry, I couldn't hear you. What were you saying? <laughs> right. Uh, do you guys want me to give a quick recap of what happened? Uh, keep it under nah. keep it under yeah, like nah. 60 yeah. seconds yeah quick like <laughs> quick i mean i made it it was like there's 10 of us halfway through the race maybe but there was a big 20 Tyler, mile climb timing, coming up are you timing this with your watch i am you got sorry I'm, take, I'm taking away from your yeah 60 dylan seconds. you're killing me <laughs> uh, five seconds it kind of got split up on like a single track section i think and then when we popped out three guys were up the road and, and then i was in a group with three um or no four guys were up the road and then i was in a group with three and the two other guys were like hammering to get back up to this group and i'm like y'all there's a 20 mile climb coming up and we can see it like we were on the road and the road literally just went up and it was like i know that there's a 20 mile climb so i'm not tyler you're stressing me out stop looking at your watch you got 30 (laughs) seconds so these guys put their head down and i'm like you know what I don't want to go too far into the red. I was going pretty hard at that point. I'm like, I'm just going to settle into my own pace and climb this climb. And I kind of had thought that, that people were going to throw some bombs 15. on that climb anyways. So I was <laughs> like, I'm going to chill out and do my own pace. But I ended up staying like a minute behind them the whole climb. Like I wasn't losing any time. So I should have maybe burned the match to get into the group. But I was sitting in seventh for a long time. <laughs> Uh, and then a young kid that was in the group popped. And when I passed him, he was like, 
I'm boxed and didn't even try to get on my wheel. And I'm like, all right, that's now I'm in sixth. I only need one more person to either crash or blow up or flat. And I'm like, Hey, that could happen. And then on the last climb, Kanara mountain road is like this three mile, just super steep climb. It's like the hardest climb in the race paved or gravel gravel. The whole, pretty much the whole race is, is on dirt. Um, okay. Like very little pavement. Um, and it's like, that one was pretty, because it was so steep, it was pretty chunk, like kind of chunky gravel too. Cause like, like you got those like off-road little four wheeler things going up them all the time. Um, so I, I passed a guy going up that and he was like, I passed him. And at that point we only had 15 more miles to the finish and he didn't finish until 30 minutes after me. And he only, wow. so it took him 30 minutes longer to do the last 15 minutes, but I passed him on the last climb so he was totally exploded. And then all I had to do was hold on for fifth on the last. There was like one really long single track section. And then it was basically like a straight shot home from that. So nice. Yep. That's how it played out. Dude, I got to nice, say dude, only you, 90 I, seconds I was, over. <laughs> I was so uh, I was a little embarrassed for you. Your, your cyclocross skills looked a little rusty in that sand pit early on. Yeah, I know. Like, I didn't know that those, those turn, it was, so they looked like on the video, it looked like a sand pit it was actually like a 90 degree turn into sand mm. and I didn't see the sand or anything. So I was in really bad position. And like, as soon as you hit the sand, it's like, everybody's just yard sales. There's like a guy <laughs> laying in the sand in front of me and I'm like, well, and then, and honestly, like I must've, I think I took a bad line too. Cause I was in like, I felt like I was in the worst part of it. You had the you had a good kick push though. You got like you know yeah yeah you, you were like scootering you your way technique. through it. Yeah, I was yeah. scootering yeah. through it. From from what I remember, you learned that, that from Andy. Oh yeah, the Strider. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what it looked like. It looked like I was stridering <laughs> <Yeah>. through. The... <laughs> from what I remember of that race, it's like you're riding on sand roads the whole time. You could call it gravel, but it's almost like a road of sand. Not the deepest sand, but yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it was still pretty. It was, yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of sandy, but it wasn't like the kind of sand like that where it like slows you down. Um, mm-hmm. Like all of the single track was super sandy and dusty, so like going through the turns on the single track were like it was just like you're you're almost drifting through the turns. It was pretty. It was fun, but it was also kind of sketchy. Yeah, um, I saw Cody Cup. I actually got this on my on footage on my. Uh, GoPro. So if you're if you're listening to this and you want to see a gnarly crash, head over to the Drew Dillman channel. So okay, you know what you need to do with that footage now, Drew? Thumbnail. That's gonna yeah. be a okay. thumbnail, the, bro. The most the craziest snapshot that you can get of the crash where it looks like he's probably gonna die. Yeah, his, like his bike is yeah, his bike is in, in the, the air, air and he's like yeah. his head is going straight into the sand. <laughs> that that's the thumbnail, and then the the title needs to be like the most, most dangerous, dangerous gravel race ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I don't like lying either. Uh, it's it's yeah. subjective. I, like I mean, it's, that's, it's your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, most I dangerous that, is an opinion. So I can't believe that Cody ended up third. Like he, Dude, he had that he, gnarly crash and then he was, was puking crash. at one point. Like he, like a hundred miles in, he started him, throwing it up. It did not take him long at all to catch back up to me. And when he passed me, it was like he was like he went from me straight to the leaders in probably fifteen seconds. And I was like, wow. whoa! <laughs> like he he definitely had like probably the best handling skills out of everybody in the race. Yeah, if I had to guess from the from what I could tell. Um, 
granted I, you know, I had a broken wrist and all that, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) he probably would have still dropped me, but no, I was happy with it. Um, I was kind of bummed when I was in seventh because I was like, man, I'm not going to even get podium. And then when I was in fifth, I was like so nervous that somebody was going to catch me. Like I knew that Stefano Barberi was a really strong guy, but not very good in the technical section. So I was like, like when it, when we were on the road, I was freaking out that he was like going to catch me because I'm like, he's probably stronger than me. But if I can Could hold him off him? through like all the technical behind stuff, you, no, but he did get sixth, and he was only three minutes behind me, but. He was like one of the people who was in the back of my head. I was like, he could, he could catch me if, you know, if things went his way, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you so think we should, uh, we should hold a, uh, gravel camp where we teach all these gravel pros how to handle their bikes off road. I mean, they're really good at like pedaling <laughs> in a straight line, but I don't know. Feels yeah, like the they problem can't is turn. they would show up with their, with their license with stickers on it and find a way to <laughs> not pay for the camp. Uh, yeah. Shit. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, there are some some pretty terrible bike handlers in the pro field though. <laughs> Uh-oh. We lost him. I'll guess what he was going to say. I think he was going to say that there are some pretty terrible bike handlers in the front of these gravel races. Yeah. I mean, how many of them are world tour roadies, you know? It is a good feeling like the first 20 miles when it's like 50 people and you're like riding next to Joe Schmo and you're like, I have no idea who you are and I don't trust you. Like that, that to me is like scary. I'm like, when it gets down to like 20 or less people, I feel like a huge sense of relief of like, okay, there's less mm-hmm. spaz balls to worry about. Like, of like, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah. yeah. You got to know, like, I'm sure if you're in the front of these gravel races, you start to get to know like who can actually handle their bike. And mm-hmm. if it's anything yeah. like a BWR race where they're single track, you're like, oh, I do not want to be behind. Yeah this guy <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah no i i was already like picking up on that like even halfway through this race i was like okay yeah don't be behind that guy i can trust that guy and i've and i don't know any of these people and they don't know me either so like that's going through my head too i'm like i don't do a lot of these races so nobody here knows who i am except for like cody cup because he does some cross i think he was like the only person that knew who i was so like i know he probably trusts me so but like everybody else is like who's this guy and so like I'm I'm thinking that too like they probably don't trust me either which is kind of funny. So do you do you feel more amped about converting over to the gravel side after BWR Utah or no? Yeah, it's a good question. I was kind of like curious to see how I would feel. I mean, getting on the podium definitely uh definitely helps to make me want to do more gravel. You should just um, do that every time. Yeah, I know I should just do that every time. You're right. Um <laughs> let me write that down. Let me write that down. If you if you go to BWR Mexico, I think there's a really good chance that you win the race. Yeah, and I think it has the largest prize purse with, of them all. So w- just just with kind of the direction that BWR races have been going, I feel like like BWR North Carolina was less stacked this year. BWR Utah was less stacked this year. BWR California, see, the the top five was stacked, but it seemed like the field was less deep. Man, I don't think anyone's going to that Mexico race. And I feel like if you're just on some decent form, like you got a serious chance of winning that race. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go. Like I... uh like I've already looked into it. I'm, I All just right. need to. I just need to pull the pull the trigger. All right, cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if this is my first gravel race back, I'm 10 weeks post-op. Um, so I think things are only going to get, hopefully get better from here. Uh, I feel pretty good about the rest of the season. I mean, I feel like my season's just starting, whereas most people are probably like counting down the days until the off season. So I think I've got that card to play. Um, no, I feel pretty good. I mean, like I, I feel pretty like solid on, I'm probably going to be doing a lot more of these races next year, regardless cool. of if I get into the lifetime series or not. Sick. I mean, you, you could always get into the BWR series. That's true. I just have to show my gold star. (laughs) All right. So how much was I right about how 40s are a terrible decision at that race? I didn't flat. And I felt and he was on the podium, bro. (laughs) And I was on the podium. I meant to to like do a thing because I was sitting with everybody on the podium except for Brendan Johnston. Mm -hmm. He didn't, I guess he didn't want to hang. I don't know what's up with that, but everybody else was hanging out. Um, I meant to like do a quick video of like, what tires were you running? What tires are you running? Just to like record it and bring it to the podcast, but I forgot. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I Dude, think, BWR I races. Think I was... Everyone, everyone under tires their bike. Yeah, Brandon, yeah I do think Brandon Johnson likes to ride uh, wide boys. I've seen it. Like I've he's he's been running like the 45 Pirellis or maybe even mm. the 50 Pirellis on his. Okay, on his this bike. would probably like be a the, good one for that since like there's the not 40s. much road. You said. It's like mostly gravel. Yeah, and it's really sandy, and there's some like fairly technical single track sections. Like, I think that probably, I don't know what the course was like this year and how different it was than previous years, but honestly, if I were to go back to BWR Utah, the right tire is probably, I don't know, a 50 or something. Well, the right tire for me was a 40 getaway. <laughs> I rode that bad boy mm. all the way to fifth place, and I was happy with it. This this podcast is presented by Challenge. <laughs> Caleb Reese after the race was like, dude, Dylan's, Dylan's going to, he's going to, he's not helping you. I'm like, yeah, you're telling me, he's like, you're going to lose your challenge sponsorship because of Dylan. And I'm like, I know, like Dylan sucks. Yeah. No, I'm not even sponsored by any tires. You're just like, you pay for your pathfinder. Dude, I, uh, I'm already, I'm already in trouble with Caleb for like the, you know, <laughs> people on the, on his, uh, flow formulas team that he's trying to create, like they'll ask me about what tire they need to run and I'll tell yeah. them, the, I'll tell them the truth he as opposed me. to what they want to hear. And it's created issues. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that you gave, gave one of the guys on the team a non-sponsor correct skin suit to wear because yeah. you're like, this is more arrow. You need to wear this. And he's like, dude. What do you, why are you doing that? This kid's on the team. He has to wear his team uh-huh. kit. And you can't just like tell him to wear a rule 28 kit because it's faster. Okay, this is this <laughs> is sounding like code. this is sounding like I made him wear that skin suit. I didn't make anyone do anything. I just I just laid out the facts and then he made his own decisions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should you tell him about your code backwards hat Dylan for 20% off and that's how I got went for it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well we got a question here from timon we ready to do some listener questions let's do it yeah okay question for the pod silka socks have texture on the sides to create turbulent air around the calves so that air stays attached longer on the back side and you get a smaller drag pocket does this mean that i should only shave the front and back of my legs and leave the sides extra hairy for the best arrow gains so I, this guy is probably writing this question in as a joke, but I, not as a joke. I have seen uh, I have seen high profile like time trial specialists 
I don't know if they're theorizing about this or if they've actually tested this, but they have they have left strips unshaved in the sides of their legs uh, as kind of like a trip strip to go faster. There you go, Timon. You can shave some trip strips into your legs. Seems excessive. Ooh, I don't know. Are we ready to get into this? Well, I don't uh, sure. So this one from Adam, he sent he sent in the the story of Keegan getting uh, pricked by USADA and asks, what will we find out? Mm. I I mean, I think he's this isn't the first time he's being tested by USADA. Like he's been. No, of course not. He's been tested quite frequently before. So didn't Lance uh, Armstrong he, get tested quite frequently, too? <laughs> I don't know if the frequency Here. of your testing is a is a guarantee of yeah it's, yeah it's not it's not a guarantee but I guess I'm not saying I'm on the side of I don't think he's doping I'm not saying I don't want to sound like sounds like you're pretty skeptical. I know I know that that <laughs> statement sounded like I was but no 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 I don't think I think I want to believe that those days are behind us yeah same yeah just I, remember, I it, just remember, Drew. Whatever you say about anybody on this podcast, they will. They're hear gonna it. hear. No, Keegan. Welcome back. To I don't. Him, I don't care if anyone else or you, buddy. If anyone else gets popped, you're... I don't think it would matter. But if Keegan got popped, I think it would just be like the demise of gravel. Yeah, it would be the demise of cross. gravel. Yeah, I don't think it'd be the demise of gravel. Why would it be the I demise? Think of gravel? Huge, I think it'd be a big deal. It would be. A, I would be a huge deal, but I don't know if it yeah. would be the demise of gravel. It'd be the demise of. I don't know Keegan, but I don't know. You, you think you think all the amateurs are going to brag about lining up next to dopers? Yeah, no. dude, they do already. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the it would be the it would be an ins, insane deal if it, if that was the case. But I don't I don't think it'd be the demise of gravel. So are you guys under like the lifetime Grand Prix? Like they don't have any testing protocols, right? Yeah, they did they, after they the, did. Leadville. Did you get? Did you have to go to doping control? No, it's in only like three people per race that get tested. <laughs> okay. Top three. At random? Well, I think it's like probably the person that finishes first, probably another person in the top ten, and then a random person. Okay. So Keegan is like getting tested more than anyone because he's winning every single race, but they do have some testing protocol in place. It's not like they don't test you at all. Well, I know like I'm sure to be – because I'm sure he had to get a UCI license to do Road Worlds, unless it was just, I don't know, maybe he didn't. Maybe they were just like, yeah, whatever, like, <laughs> you just show up, like, we'll let you yeah. slide through all these different hoops that don't apply to you, right? Uh, you get the special treatment because you're really fast. But, I mean, I imagine, like, if he no, did he's, have... he's got a UCI license, for sure. Okay, <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> and he's been on, like, he's he's had a UCI license for a while because he, he used to race World Cups. Yeah, but you but that does, just because you had one doesn't mean you need to renew it, right? Like you sure. you were bringing up last week, you don't have a use you haven't had a, a USAC license in a while. So I mean, yeah. if you don't need a USAC license or any type of license to race these lifetime Grand Prix gravel races, it's it's your what I'm saying is like you might not be in the, in the testing pool. It's only at a certain mm. point when you pass yeah. like a, a yeah. So he didn't and he did not do protocol uh, mountain bike Nats this year, so he would not have needed to renew it for that. Right, he did. He was yeah, Road Worlds last year. Yeah, but that's last year. Yeah. So he he would have had a license maybe, for twenty twenty two. Yeah, maybe he, he bought a one. I know he's doing gravel. Year, he's doing still, gravel nats. So still be in the pool. Wait, he oh, is. He is? Yeah, he'll be at gravel nats. How do you uh, know I that? Going. I ain't going. Hoban <laughs> talked about it. Where? I don't know on some show that I listen to. 
Yeah. Tobin's right. just trolling everybody, just hyping him up. Why would he? How? Why would he not go to gravel nets? No, I yeah, agree. Like I agree. 12, he it a, it's like twelve thousand dollars in his. It's a lot of money, and it's a national and champion. To to, to wear the first ever gravel That's, national yeah. jersey, You're right? And he, I mean, here's the controversy no. though: is is will will he get to wear that jersey at Leadville next year? No. Mm. Why would he do? Because you're saying a gravel race. Because you're saying Leadville's a gravel race. I mean, it's it's up for debate. Yeah, I guess. I'm I'm kind of the only only one debating that. Yeah, would he get to wear it on any non USA cycling sanctioned events? Because that's that's, that's, I did did hear something about that. Is is yeah? You're not supposed to wear the uh, national champ jersey for unsanctioned events, but they used to wear. Natty Champ jerseys at like epic rides and stuff. So I I don't know how that works. Dude, I just the only get... the only thing that I uh, peeves me is when somebody's like the Masters Grand Fondo national champion, and then they like show up to a cross country mountain bike race and they're still wearing their national champs jersey. Dude, this is going to be gravel beef four this next year where. <laughs> It's like crit beef a couple of years ago of like who got to wear the national champs kit. Was it the cat one national champion? Was it the pro crit national champion? And there's all this drama around who is wearing the stars and stripes Jersey. Well, I don't real national champion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't think it's that hard to figure out if you're the gravel national champion, then you wear that Jersey during a gravel race. If you're the marathon mountain bike national champion, then you wear it during a marathon mountain bike race. And if you're the cross country mountain bike national champion, you wear it during a cross country race. What do you do during gravel events though? Like what? Just like events. Isn't our lifetime, aren't they gravel events? They're not technically races. (laughs) I mean, there's a (laughs) starting line and a finishing line and somebody's timing it. And there's a podium. There's people there for the vibes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think like, it's, it's, uh, I think we have to live in an age where there's a lot of like doubt, right? And obviously, I think it's up to the athlete to be aware of what they're putting in their body. That's kind of the position I take. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like sad that we're, people are questioning whether or not, like, because someone has an outstanding performance and is probably the best cyclist in the country, uh, yeah. probably the continent right now, that we're like automatically just assuming that. He's doping, but it's like, well, yeah, dude, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like there's like, I, I think there's a 0% chance that he's doping. Oh, wow. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Zero. Dang, yeah. man. I mean, yeah, I, I don't he's gonna like hear this. So I want to be on the side of okay. not getting, I don't even okay. care if he hears this or not. He's not, he probably oh, won't. Wow. Hear this, please, man. I, I mean, look, 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 look. I don't think that there's a 0% chance. I like, I don't assume that anyone is zero. Maybe maybe that's I like, know what side of the maybe, line Dylan walks on. Maybe that's me being like <laughs> pessimistic. I don't know. Dang, dude. You should I don't, I don't I mean, assume that. It's, it's, so it's one 16. thing if you like eat some tainted chicken that you didn't know about because you bought mm-hmm. it from Costco. Like like mm-hmm. if that if that were the case, Supposedly. like okay, I don't I don't I don't blame anyone for that. But there's a difference between that and then like intentionally doping. No, I, I don't like I'm not I'm not I don't think that Keegan's doping and I don't assume that but I also don't think that the possibility of that is zero. I I just think like well, if you, if he if he was going to that extent I I think you'd see it in other areas. Like we know that Keegan yeah, does yeah. a lot of things to to like prep and uh like he you know he does some equipment stuff but he doesn't do everything to like to a T. Like if, he if does, you got he does more doping, so than he does more so than most racers. Like 
even he, most he of does what a professional should. So right. I, I go back to what I said in the last <clears throat> podcast, and that's he's an international level talent racing domestic level races. So he's yeah. dominating. But, you know, if he was racing uh, at an international level, he probably wouldn't be dominating. He'd probably still be doing really well, but he probably wouldn't be dominating. And then no one would be having this discussion. He, I mean, he did. He did an international race last year at Worlds, and he didn't ride away yeah. from everybody. I mean, granted, there's team, there's team tactics. The race wasn't at altitude. I, yeah, but Scott like, did. It's a different. Are you wait? Are you talking? You're talking about Road Worlds. I'm talking about Road Worlds. I yeah. think it's a little hard to. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he wasn't the strongest there by a long ways, but I also think that that's not his discipline. Sure, sure. He needs to go back and do marathon mountain bike world championships. Or, I mean, how do you think he would have done at Gravel Worlds? Gravel World Championships. That's true. He, he needs to do that too. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, you think shock he will? Me if he got a top what, when 10. is when is that? Is that overlapping with the lifetime event? I'm sure it is. Probably. Probably. They all overlap. It's like if you do lifetime, <clears throat> you can't do anything else. I, I don't think he is because October seventh. Uh, it's not. It's not like this has come out of nowhere. Like Keegan's mm-hmm. been on the rise for what the last ten years. It's not like he came yeah. out of nowhere. I don't like it when people are like, oh, well, Keegan's training 40 hours a week. I guess that's the new standard. It's like, no, like he's been training for the last 10 years and now he's training that much, but he didn't just go yeah. from couch to 40. Like, yeah. And I think that's a good he's point. He's been building and- this. He's been building this fitness for like what? 10, 15 years. Like, and it's been a slow grind and he's been getting steadily better every year. And now he's way better than everybody else because of that steady improvement. Yeah, and and I think he's sort of found his niche. And I don't want to say niche because that makes it sound like he's not super well-rounded. But I think he's found what he's good at. And what he's, he's good most, at is... He's the most is, well-rounded gravel cyclist. I agree. Yeah, but, gra- but, but I think what, he, what he's <laughs> unlocked is, is his ability to put massive training blocks in. Like we're seeing him and Rusty doing just these insane training blocks together. Um, and I think he responds super well to it and he does really good at these long races where he can just ride like right near thresholds for like hours on end. Like that's what he's really good at. This really is. He's good. Like he would, he would, he would go head to head with Blevins at XC Nats still probably like he, he beat Blevins at XC Nats last year. Um, but last year was also at at altitude. So like it it may be different at sea level, but yeah, I mean, I um, think he, sorry, no, you're good. I mean, I just saying like, I think he found I think he found yeah. his place. This, like, this really this is, is what becoming he shines the uh, the is Keegan doping podcast. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> I feel like we've had the conversation is Keegan doping for the last three episodes. I, I mean, he's people, smoked again, the lead course yeah. record solo. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, to your point, Adam, I think he found the type of racing that suits his physiology, right? And I think generally, when you find whatever that is, be it you know. For me, that was cyclocross because like I am not a diesel rider, but I can, you know, my physiology supports like those really uh, consistent accelerations and having to get off your bike and not make it a pedaling contest. Um, yeah. And I think with Keegan, it's just like, he's such a diesel engine that he can, you know, he, like you said, he's found his discipline or his area of racing that, that suits his physiology. And, and the, the training regimen that he responds well to, you know, For like sure. when he was racing world cups, he wasn't putting in 30 plus hour weeks. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I think I think doing this, like doing this gravel calendar has forced him to train differently. And I and I think he's just responding to it exceedingly well. I have a question for you because I 
have uh, no, like, dude. Historically, Quint's got a question uh, for us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, Go ahead. Yeah, so, so what do you? What would you consider doping? Because I think this is like an area mm. of conversation uh, internationally, right? For I think yeah. for myself. For myself, you well, I may put it this way. You have two definitions. You have what's on the banned substance list mm-hmm. and what is on the fringes, not quite banned, but you know people are using it and they're perhaps a performance advantage. Not creatine, but like <laughs> like tramadol was a big thing. Like I heard stories yeah. from from mechanics in road races that would talk about guys that would come back to the car, get tramadol like mid-race and it wasn't banned so it's like technically yeah. they're not doping but well, like a sediment you could also die from it yeah and to my eyes like yeah you are doping even if it's not a banned substance like you're taking something that is enhancing your sure. performance so i think like Don't carbs enhance performance something that isn't <laughs> naturally available to like a painkiller or something but i think that's always the thing is like so- there's like that's how you can be ahead of the curve. Well, this is way this is way too form. heavy of a subject for the bog bros. <laughs> <laughs> way too heavy. Well, Next the, so the entire the, can we the, talk about tires? <laughs> but the entire banned substance list—it's like it's a kind of arbitrary line that they draw in the sand, right? It's like where do you draw the arbitrary line? Like at what point do we consider something performance enhancing enough that we're going to ban it? Right. So, and, and I don't know yeah. this question, but do they look more at performance enhancement than they would at like uh, health compromising? Yeah, I don't know. So something like tramadol, like like there were stories of of dudes having like cardiac arrest from from that, right? So like it, yeah, in 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 the performance enhancing is is maybe it's it's maybe there, maybe not, and that's maybe part of why it's not on the on the banned substance list. But like clearly, like that's not healthy for you. So like. I don't know. Is there something that could give you an edge, but it's not healthy for you, but it doesn't give you as much of an edge as something that, you know, something else that's on the list, but maybe the thing on the list isn't actually even that unhealthy for you. It's just like super performance enhancing. I, I don't, I don't know like how I mean, they make that dude, distinction. There's like, there's like keto nuts that would argue that carbs are the worst thing for you possible. So <laughs> should be on the banned substance list. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think like to just not to, uh, summarize for everybody but i feel like i was listening to an episode of a, another podcast yesterday and they're talking about how um a younger rider on yumbo tested positive for a diuretic and like they brought up the point in that episode of talking about how katarina nash who's the athlete representative tested positive the like a year ago or something like that but it was a substance that she was giving to her her dog who was like very sick at the time. And they, the point was essentially like these tests are so sensitive now that they're doing on these athletes that it makes it pretty hard to like get away with anything. So I think that Mm. for me personally, that gives me a lot of maybe like room to believe that. Yeah. The chances is zero. Yeah. So on to tires. Quint, Quint, Quint sent us a note here. He says, if you check out Payson McRedbull's Strava, <laughs> he, he just rode 60 miles in Bentonville and commented, this course is going to crush a lot of souls. So I'm guessing that's the little sugar race for October. Keep on Dude, riding. Also, cross the post- Dylan Light for f- that finish in Utah. That <laughs> actual Dylan would have gotten top three, though. Oh, dang. Do we want to talk about the power numbers? My average power was higher than Dylan's. What? When? <laughs> like five years ago. On his but, training ride? Hey, I'm, hey, I'm milking it. 
All right, well, let's hear the power training numbers, ride. <laughs> well, <laughs> like it's, my it's zone like, two ride that I did the same day. No, I'm talking about the race <laughs> that when you did it. But granted, you did it with Keegan, and it was different course, and it was like a totally different race. It's hard to compare yeah. apples to apples. Yeah, when yeah. Do you, look, it was like three well, got, years first ago. First of all, I, yeah, I got fourth place, which is technically you know that's better. one place higher than and you the got. people and also were better. Yeah, were Keegan, Pete Stetna, and Alexi Vermeulen. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but when you look at the power numbers... All right, let's hear them, man. You're talking all this smack about these power numbers. I want to hear them. <laughs> well, I don't know the exact... I know that your normalized was like four higher than mine, but my average was like four higher than yours. So it's How do you like, know what his normalized It's just crazy. How, uh, how, are, how are our numbers so freaking... Do you guys share each other's so training peaks? Well, well here, why don't you, uh, say, why don't you say the power numbers and I'll... <laughs> why don't you say the power numbers and I'll compare them to my power numbers right now as I currently stand as a human on this earth? That's all right. You're faster than me. <laughs> okay. No, you're. I think you getting fourth is definitely better than me getting fifth. Granted, mm-hmm. the people you were racing with and everything. Also, I don't like. I don't want to. I don't want to dig your grave super far here, Drew. But the guy, <laughs> the, the guy that won the race, I beat him at Bighorn. I beat him at Crusher, and I Brendan beat Johnston? him at Leadville. Yeah. Oh snap. I beat him yeah, at all. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Wow. Hazel, your average power was higher, so you pedaled more than Dylan did. Dylan sounds like yeah, Dylan was doing I mean. more yeah. coasting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he was just in the draft all day, soaking yeah. it up. You know what the difference yeah. is? Honestly, is probably. But the I fact mean, that I'm going to But if you use your own argument against you, hasn't the, the the level of competition in these gravel races just gone up so tremendously that the me? The exception to that is BWR this year. BW, <laughs> every BWR race this year, the the level of because you haven't done a lifetime race. Yet. Go to a lifetime race and see see what happens. Oh, I am. You just wait. Right. October, I'm, wait, I'm October waiting. October twenty first. You're gonna you're gonna meet your maker, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot what this guy's question was. I don't think was about the. He was a little sugar on the. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, they it. they put out a post saying it's sold out. Really? This morning there was a post saying yeah. little sugar is sold out. So yeah, I don't you know, know if who you flash are. that flash that sticker on your license. <laughs> gold star, flash that gold star. They'll let you in. Yeah. I have at least ten people that listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Speaking of, I don't think so. You know, Drew was talking all this smack about Jesse Coyle, and then he was so shocked that Jesse Coyle listened to that. It's like, yeah, I dude, felt, you, you, you oh, kind of, dude, I, I forgot about bad. that. <laughs> I really you, felt bad. Like you called his videos like awful. Like he's like, yeah, I know. You're like, I oh, literally, man, I, dude, Jesse Coyle, <laughs> his videos. Suck. I went back. I know. I went back and listened to our our episode. And I was like, dang, I really did bash him pretty hard. Like, I literally said he sucks. Um, so Jesse Coyle, this is your formal apology from the from the, from the Bonk Buddies official. The Bonking Buddies is what he called the bonking us. Bonking buddies. buddies. I thought it was funny that he did call us that because you know for a fact he knows exactly who all of us are and exactly what. But that was his way think, of like digging back at us. I think, of like, I think oh, the, the only person, not you know, not to. I, I think the only person that he knows on this podcast is me. Wow, well, he probably sorry, knows me we're now. so grateful <laughs> to be in your presence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But he literally said it's a podcast that Dylan does with his friends. Yeah, he <laughs> did Dylan, say that. Dylan Johnston. Dylan does with his mates. It's crazy My how mates. fast he heard about it because you sent us – they – he had heard our podcast and recorded a podcast about it all within like 24 hours of when our podcast was released. Dude, I'm, like, I'm, dude, this tomorrow, guy's, dude, so I'm just telling you. Like, like, so whenever, honestly, I'm, this is what I'm telling you, Drew. Whenever anybody t- talks about me on a YouTube video, on a podcast, makes a post about me, like anything that has to do with me that happens on the internet, somebody will screenshot that or, you know, you know, get the link and send it to me and be like, Oh, did you see this? Mm. We probably had 10 <laughs> people send us the, the clip from whatever their show is, the Nero show. Mm-hmm. I did think that, that they made a good transition of explaining what Nero was. They didn't. And I thought they acted very professional. They didn't tell <laughs> us that we suck. I think they probably said that, but I think they probably edited it out because they have, <laughs> there was probably, part, there was they, a part that looked yeah, edited. They definitely, sure. they definitely talked trash about us and then they edited it out. We're like, we're going to be, we're going to be higher than yeah, those. There was, there was, just, just there for was, the record, we, we, we don't do that. We didn't edit anything. <laughs> we don't edit. Yeah, Adam's our official editor, and he says he doesn't edit. Dude, the so. only time we edit stuff out is when I talk trash about uh, Scott's sponsors, and then he is, gets pissed yeah. that he's going to lose Drew's his job. sponsors, yeah. fair, fair game. Yeah, Take whatever. Yeah, just help me lose yeah. all my sponsors. Yeah. Dude, speaking of sponsors, we got another question here from Marcio. Uh, okay, he says, Hi, Bonk Bros. Congrats to Adam and Dylan for great Leadville performances. Feedback on my question about how to not get dropped in the hills. Thank you for the sad climbing advice. I will try it next Thursday. I also started listening to the Matchbox podcast, which, by the way, we're supposed All to right. transition to that here. Uh, yeah. And I followed Drew and Dylan's advice and bought a lighter bike with heavier, wide tires. But, oh boy, do those IRC Boken Double Cross 42 tires roll slow when compared to my 38 Specialized Pathfinders. Oh, my do God. More Why are you comparing an IRC to a Pathfinder? It doesn't matter so the he, size. The IRC is dog slow. See, so here's what he says. Which brings me to my next question. Would Pete Stetna be winning more races if he carefully chose a faster tire? <laughs> Dang it, now somebody's gonna send this to Pete. <laughs> yes, he would. Those tires are really slow. We also don't... need to take all of this with a grain of salt because Dylan gets all of his tire uh knowledge from a random guy who has a who has a who has a circle drum in his in his basement. Um who has Dude, you know what, some you kind know of what? website that Honestly, says cyclingtireperformance.com I'm a doctor I'm a doctor trust me you don't even know the name even, of the website you don't even know the name of the guy doing the research look it's not has all, all, in, on. all I'm yeah. gonna say is that 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 method of determining how fast tires are is a thousand times better than what everybody else does which is they put it on their bike and they're like this feels fast this feels slow as if that means anything <laughs> I have a question. I don't know. I don't know if I trust this guy with the drum and his. Yeah, I no, would, dude. I, maybe I, definitely, I trust. I would trust him just as much as I trust us making the tires in our in our garage. Dude, I definitely <laughs> trust your feelings more than I trust this guy. <laughs> Dizzle, dude, you should you run, don't even know if these are. You legit. should run some. This is a question now. Now, I feel like Dizzle should definitely show up to Big Sugar with some Cyclocross thirty three Griffos on. 
and we'll just see just see who it comes down to mm. yeah uh, my question no, is I, I liked um um what was it uh casey's idea because because <laughs> me and dylan would be fairly evenly matched in the gravel race he'd probably yeah. beat me by a little bit in the mountain bike race and i would freaking smoke him in the cross race. Yeah, so dude. I would win. The, I would totally win that hump. Like, <laughs> would, we, wait, would we do it by him style or wait, or, how, how are you uh, getting, how are you getting time? Wait, how are you coming to the conclusion that you would win the Omnium? You just said we'd be evenly matched in one. I'd beat you in the other and you'd beat me in the other. So that's, I, that sounds I, I like would, we're going to tie. No, you, you would barely beat me in the mountain bike race. You haven't mountain biked for you. five years. <laughs> you haven't ridden a mountain bike for five years. Why do you think I would barely beat you? Neither have you, dude. You ride drop bar gravel bikes. <laughs> dude, I, I know live, just a hunch. I live in Pisco. <laughs> what does that mean? That's like a little bit rowdier than like I guess it does depend on the mountain bike race. <laughs> yeah, it would depend on the mountain bike race for sure. Yeah. Well, according race, to man. Payson McRedbull, it's going to be crushing souls. Mm. Uh, I don't know about that. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> my question is, why don't you gravel pros just do what all the all like the road racers, the professional racers do cross racers, which is you just like Sharpie out the freaking sponsor logos on the tire. Like why, like if this, if the specialized tracer, whatever, if 54 width tire is the fastest thing ever, like why don't people run that and just slap like a, a little continental sticker over top if that's their sponsor or Renee hers or something. I mean, like dude, that. if Keegan did that, everybody would know. Like it's true. That'd be really bad. What do you mean, dude? Keegan runs the fastest tires anyways, dude. <laughs> and he smokes <laughs> everybody. <laughs> those, uh, whatever they're called, those Maxis if I, you know slick, what? I slick take boys back, are I, legit. I take back my earlier statements. I know Keegan's not doping because he's on Maxis Refuse and just <laughs> still destroying people. <laughs> 18 minutes. <laughs> um, he must be doing uh, something right. <laughs> so so on, on that note, Irvin wants to know... Dylan, whether you're going to test out the the new 45 version of the Terra Speed Continental tires, I already got them. I already got <laughs> them. They're in my they're in my uh, tire closet right now. You got a whole closet full of tires, dude. He literally you does. Should, you it's should weird. see this thing. It's like a, <laughs> it's like, it's like, a like st- when you walk into your house and you normally have a a coat room like where you put your coats <laughs> dylan's is just to the roof with tires it's like oh you want to hang up your coat sorry yeah. my tires are there <laughs> you're gonna have to find another place for your coat when, when you shoes. when you open the door to it does the light like automatically turn on and it just like <clears throat> makes a sound like ah. <laughs> yeah. it's like a wine cellar but with tires you know <laughs> perfectly aged is it, is it controlled yeah humid controlled yeah Freaking! So, so yeah, I got those. I got those Conti Terra speeds. I'm gonna try them. Haven't mounted them yet, but I uh, I see how fast they are on the uh, website that Drew hates. So <laughs> oh, I don't hate. It. I'm saying I don't know if I trust the dude, the the random dude. Yeah. No, your your feelings are definitely definitely more trustworthy. I'm not for sure. saying that either. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I'm just so let's so, just trust this random dude who so, made a website. But you need you anybody have, could do that. Like, would you rather him not do his website? Like, you need to have some way of determining what the rolling resistance of tires is. Otherwise, you're just buying tires blindly, and you have mean, no idea. Just how because fast or there slow they is are. a website doesn't mean it's legit. Like, <laughs> you're putting a lot of faith in this random dude. There, there's, there's nothing else to go off of when you're trying to buy tires. No, what I'm saying is, 
just because he's the only one doesn't mean it's good. Okay. All right. You know, maybe instead of starting a tire company, we should start a competing website to his website and buy our own roller drum. Yeah. The Mm. legit cycling tire. Kind of surprised you haven't done that yet, Dylan. Yeah. Uh, we We should just go out and ride them and then put in different categories, how we feel about. Yeah. (laughs) That'll be the whole website. (laughs) How cycling tire feelings.com. Yeah. One of the, one of the columns is going to be how fast did they feel? And then, you know, the options are fast, slow. Drew that. So, so we've got a question here about how you can make your YouTube channel better, but I actually think what you just talked about, that could be it. Just go out and ride a tire and tell us how it feels. Yeah. Okay, but, but Derek Derek has some serious advice, though. Oh, okay. Says, I have a suggestion for how Drew could make his YouTube channel better than Dylan's. That would oh, be to have right. Dylan on his show more often. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I tried that approach, and it actually worked. I got a lot more of these on my video. <laughs> he also says, P.S. Dylan, take it easy on Drew up Big Sugar. Dude. Dang. Man. Dude, this guy's a... lot a, of shade at Dizzle lately. Dang, yeah, man. This guy's a Dylan fan. He doesn't even know me. <laughs> know my watts come on bro if my if my performance at big sugar is anything like last year drew you're gonna you're gonna smoke me by a lot but i'm hoping that 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 doesn't happen no i want to beat i'm gonna beat dylan in his prime i don't want to beat i don't want to beat weak dylan i'm gonna beat strong dylan all right okay well we got another question here from quincy it says question for the bong bros i recently rode the rebecca's private idaho course and got bounced around the entire time from all the washboard and bunk breaks. So my question is, how do you guys race on stuff like that? Is it all about line choice, bike setup, or do racers just deal with it? And no, I will not put a suspension fork on my bike or those stupid handlebars with built-in suspension. Oh, I don't know what handlebars he's talking about. I think he's talking about like the specialized <laughs> thing that has the little thing in the stem. <clears throat> oh, oh maybe. Stem. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like it's just something that you deal with. I hate, yeah, those, those, those washboards and stuff suck. Uh, like I hate that part of, especially like the last couple weeks of like getting back into riding after a break. I mean, I hate to go back to this, but it's like, what tires are you running? I think that I think that people like they don't. Washboards are gonna suck no matter what tires. No, man. I mean, if you were to ride the washboards on a on like a trail bike with 150 mil of travel and 2.6 tires, it probably wouldn't feel a thing. So obviously, there's a point at which it it you know it does a lot. But I, I think that people actually just, you know, they've just come to accept that gr- when you ride, race on gravel or when you ride on gravel, it's really bumpy and it's really uncomfortable and your ass hurts. And it's just like all around a miserable time when they could be having a fine time and going faster if they, you know, if they instead of those 38s, they had like 47s on. I'll give you a non-tire answer. Um, <clears throat> I think you should probably, this is going to sound sketchy but maybe hold on to the handlebars a little less tight because if you're just gr- like death grip on the handlebars Look, and Ma, no hands. Bumps, that might that might like hurt hurt your hands and your arms worse so you kind of have to loosen up the grip on your hands um and then like if it's on a downhill then you know you're kind of like hovering you're not sitting down but like you're not standing up but you're not sitting down it's like you're kind of taking some of your weight off your saddle and kind of leaning back on the bike and that kind of helps to like let the bike like let your your elbows and your knees absorb some of those 
some of those bumps, but I mean, it's going to be bumpy. If you're on a gravel bike, washboards are going to be bumpy regardless. And yeah. I think trying to find the smooth line isn't, but sometimes there's just not. And then you end up just swerving all over the usually, road. Usually the crown find. of the road. So like the very center of the road is going to yeah. be, is going to have less of those brake bumps. Yeah. Um, also the faster you're going, the, the less you're going to feel them. Like if you're going 12 mm. miles an hour, which maybe if you were just pre-riding, you were, uh, try going 15 or 20 because it, it will, it will make it a little bit less harsh. Adam, speed. 12 miles per hour is some people's average speed when they're racing. Well, yeah, if they just go faster, <laughs> they won't feel the brake bumps though. <laughs> Good advice. And if you want to go faster and you don't know how, call Ignition Coach Co. will help you go faster. <laughs> All right. I, I want to ask the, I want to ask the cyclocrossers, I, when you descend on, I'm not talking mm. about cyclocross, I am talking about gravel, but <laughs> this is a question for the cyclocrossers. When you're descending on gravel, are you in the hoods or the drops? Hoods. Hoods. Drops. Dude, that was mixed. Drops only because like on, well, it depends on the descent, right? If it's like a short descent that I can like see the bottom and I know the road like super smooth. If it's like a Colorado gravel descent, then mm-hmm. I'm probably on the, on the hoods. But mm-hmm. some of the back roads around here can get like really gnarly and you'll get rain ruts and things like that. Um, and for oh, that, yeah. it gets, I mean, so do you feel sun. like you handle your bike better in the drops you're saying? No, I feel like my hands just aren't going to like get blown yeah. over the top of the hood if yeah. I'm yeah. descending there. If it's on like oh, a gravel road with washboards, like we're talking about, I'm probably in yeah. the drops because I can I can kind of hold. What about hold what about on like on less. single track? Single track, I'm in the hoods. That's I was thinking yeah. of a single track descent because I feel like I can handle my bike better from the hoods and have Agreed. better access to the brakes. Yeah. Single track, yeah. Single track usually on unless the, it's like on the top on the hoods. Unless it's like gnarly steep, and I have to like get you know way back, then maybe I'll be in the drops. But most of the time, single track, I'm in the hoods. So Adam, I don't know what you did, but during Leadville, I pretty much did every gnarly descent in the hoods. Yeah, same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people might find that surprising, um, but I just feel like the control of the bike is better because you're not pitched over the front you know what i mean yeah the weight and, isn't so and far forward when you're in the drops like your arms are more extended so they don't act quite as much like suspension and usually in the drops too you're you're gripping onto the drops a little tighter than you can like dylan or dizzle was talking about having a little bit lighter grip on the on the handlebars i feel like in the hoods you can you can modulate like how hard you're gripping the the hoods more than you can in the drops and I feel like it's just way harder to grab your brakes in the drops. Yeah, like, that's true too. Really? It's way easier to like feather your brakes from the hoods. Like instead of like in the drops, I feel like you're either grabbing them or you're not. In the hoods, yeah. you can because you have way more leverage over better. the over the levers. Yeah, yeah, dude, you guys gotta adjust your adjust that reach and that brake throw. <laughs> dude, I. I do. I think it's just the angle, like the angle of what's your... tough is to make it where I can reach the levers and drops. Then when I'm in the hoods, it like pinches my fingers. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's, that's even worse. Cause I'm in the hoods way more. So yeah, I just don't do that. <clears throat> All right. Is that a wrap? I mean, See you next week folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude. I was just thinking, I was like, I wish there was a way that I could preview some of these. Cause I don't, I don't like to read the questions before because then it shows them as red, and then I don't know which ones we've read. But if I hover over it, it actually lets me give a little preview so I can see what the question is. We were supposed so to start another really podcast 20 minutes ago. 
Oh, Pierce wants to know, do you think, I know we're going to have to, I don't know. We'll record it every time, I guess. Uh, do you think the reason Keegan won't come on the podcast is due to his trainer road relationship? Uh, I think that's definitely a possibility. Probably. Do you so think trainer I, road knows who we are? Are you kidding me? I don't know if they know who Bonk Bros are, but they, uh, yeah, no, they yeah. do. No, no they I'm not just, asking they you. They despise me. Come on, Dylan. So you're so self selfish, dude. <laughs> come on. Like I said, do they know who we are, buddy? Like I know that we're us? all just in the shadow of you, but <laughs> well, yeah, that's what he said earlier. We're all just in his shadow. Grateful to be here, having our profiles elevated. Look, or maybe I'm just not. saying straight out of straight out of Jesse Coyle's mouth, he called the show a podcast that Dylan does with his mates. You know what? That's fine. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good because they can they that way drew and i can go seek sponsors and uh no one will be like no one will know who we are just big you sound like a lot like the guys that are on that bonk buddy bonking buddies podcast <laughs> I, had, I had two or three people um reach out or say something to me either before the race or after the race and they were like whoa like one guy in the middle of the race actually got in on my gopro was like are you Dizzle Dillman? And I'm like, bro, we're in the middle of a race, and that's a podcast. How do you know what I look like? <laughs> and you didn't hear me talk. I'm like, dude, uh, I was impressed. He's like, whoa, I just listened to the Bog Bros this week. It's awesome. <laughs> I was like, nice. Who was it? Was it? Pretty cool. You didn't get his name? No, it was right in the middle of the race, and it was like on a technical part, like somewhat technical part, like double track. And so mm. I wasn't really trying to like have a full conversation right then and there. Mm. Like I was almost yeah. getting popped and I was like, <laughs> sorry, man, I can't talk to you. <laughs> uh, and then another guy, Ian, you know him, Dylan? Yeah. He was talking Ian? trash about you at this. No, no, Ian. <laughs> His name is Ian. <laughs> he said, I have it on my GoPro too. He said, Ian. And he had the ignition aero socks on. He was like, man, nice socks. And I was like, why do you care about my socks? And then I looked at his socks and he had the ignition era socks. And then he said that he, uh, grew up with Dylan, like back in the DC area or something. Yeah. Like he knew Dylan when Dylan was a kid Ian, before Dylan was famous. Yeah. Ian is like my, he's like my <laughs> oldest cycling friend. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. From DC. He was giving you trash. <laughs> Dude. And he was in Utah. Yeah. He no, did I the BWR he, race. Does he live out there now or no? No, he lives in Washington. Uh, I probably shouldn't say where he lives. I don't know where he lives. (laughs) 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 You mean Washington, D.C.? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So anyway, but he, (laughs) yeah, he, uh, I think he got 15th in the race. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I talked to him after the race. Pretty decent for an old guy. One of the like was an older guy always comes up with the but the people who really listen to the podcasts are always like they're like oh so what like I think I was talking to some people at the start line and they were like oh so which tires did you end up going with it's like <laughs> that's like the first thing they talk about is because they know like our Dylan if those tires. if those Conti gravel tires are are legit are you going to seek out a Conti sponsorship uh, I can hook you no. up with challenge I don't want no dude no no no. <laughs> also i don't need you to hook me up with challenge i can hook right. myself <laughs> challenge right. doesn't make it they don't make mountain bike tires though, do they <laughs> yeah good no point. they I don't, don't. They so do. i i don't want a tire sponsor unless it's like you know what alex house has going on where it's bicycle tires direct that would be a sick tire sponsor because it's just an online tire retailer and you can run whatever tire 
That is that is pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. I did the same thing for my last couple of seasons of racing cross. No tire sponsor. Run what you want. Pick all Dude, the you know what the tires. problem with that though is when you have access to like a million tires, you don't even get to train because all the all the time you're spending just mounting up tires and testing them out. <laughs> well, then you gotta have lots of wheel sets, and that makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. What What does he have? Bicycle wheel discount? Are you, tra- are you trying to find a downside company? to being sponsored by a company that'll give you any tire you want right now? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but I, I have seen him post, and he's got like you know, 14 wheel sets that he's testing different tires on. I'm like, dude, how do you have time for that? Yeah, that's sick, man. I know it's, it's, it's sick, except that those extra five hours that you're testing tires, I mean, could be sleeping or training, doing something else. <clears throat> Pretty sure he's got plenty of time on his hands. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Some people were saying we should have him on the show. Dude, I said that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people were on this podcast with Dylan. Yeah, dude. After was, after he he was because he was talking about remember. some of the safety concerns at Leadville, and I was like, yeah, we should we yeah. should have him on to talk about that. Dude, I you think that Andy's anybody cool you think that there's ever been a like catastrophic head on collision on Columbine before? There's got to so there has to have been. there. From what I've heard, there hasn't been, and I don't know how. Yeah, I like know. It, it, I, I don't get it. Wow. Like, I'm just like, one racer, and I feel like I almost had five head-on collisions. I feel like it's only a matter of time, right? Yeah, that's why something needs to change. But we don't got time for that now. I say we'll, we'll we get, get into a 30-minute 30, long discussion about uh, the safety of Leadville right now. <laughs> <laughs> I already got my ride in, so I'm good. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I have so much other more important things I need to do I need to do today. Yeah, you got I'm like a giant to hole in your roof. I know, I, and it rained. And it did rain last week, by the way, which sucks. I, I, there was water in our house because of that. So you didn't like cover it with a tarp or something. <clears throat> Look, Drew, it, it, I was said only twenty percent chance of rain, and I thought the odds were in my favor. Drew, and I wasn't going to say anything at the time, but I really, I kind of don't understand what the point of the thing that you're building on your roof is. Um. Well, it's a sunroom. No, it's gonna be my office. His morning sunning routine. It's gonna be my. I'm gonna. I'm moving my office up there. Okay. Why? What's wrong with that office? This office might be occupied in a year from now or something. Oh you know? wow! Mm. All right. Well, okay. maybe. Okay. I don't foreshadowing. Know. It might be. <laughs> yes. With all those Plank. tires from your tire sponsor, <laughs> just planning ahead. Yeah. 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 So whole this going be my. This gonna be my. Maybe. This gonna be our tire room. Yeah. Filled with challenge tires. Yep. And I'm going to test them right here. I'm going to buy a, um, I'm just going to buy like a crank wheel and put the you tires should, you, on top. And you should make it out of a keg. It should just yeah, be yeah, a keg. Just a roll, yeah, a rolling keg. A and keg or like one of those giant uh, drums that people have like bonfires in or something like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. much the same thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or just hook like it up to my, I'll just hook it up to my Home Depot. I'll just hook it up to my old, I'll just buy a dumb trainer and hook it up to the trainer. It's like the same thing. Oh, and yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'll test my tires on my trainer. Perfect. Yeah. It's gonna happen and then you can room. see how long you can measure how long it takes to get up to forty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Scientific. Just like your 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 new training routine is just doing sprints all day. Don't use a power meter. Just like have a stopwatch and pedal as hard as you can and be like, oh, this one took me you know thirty <laughs> seconds. This one took forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get out of here. Thank you. Fine. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See ya.